Alright, good morning. Teaching others also. It is Friday morning here where I'm at. February the 4th, 2022. I'd like to get right into it. John chapter 3. I, I hope uh, people are getting something out of it and I hope God will use it. This is the 10th thing we've done. The two. This is two weeks in a row on fishing for souls and as far as I'm concerned we've just begun and for me it's a it's a great uh, great subject it's an everyday subject I was talking yesterday and we were talking about uh, some pe friends having a yard sale and they were uh, people coming in and out you know how they do and everything and uh, one particular lady older lady got to talking and saying some things and it was a great opportunity for one of the brothers in Christ there to you know just start putting the Bible in and talking about it and and sowing some seed in there. And I'm going to say a little bit about that um, briefly. Uh, but then I want to look at this subject, John chapter 3. John 3. Let me say this, that we've been talking about preparation. And in John 3, we're going to talk about one of the, the greatest part of the preparation of the fisher. So some of what I want to say real quickly is about the fishing part, about preparation. Uh, and if you feel like jotting it down or letting it sink in, you need to prepare your words. You need to prepare your will. Uh, you need to prepare your wit, your ability to not be sarcastic, but to uh, put in things in a way that will stick in people's mind. You need to prepare your witness, the kind of things that you know are clear from the Bible. You ought to prepare your walk away. you got to know when to walk away to give that person the opportunity to hear the Bible. And then you can prepare your weight, but then of course... You always prepare, right, for drawing that net, for winning that person to Christ. But today I want to continue about the fisher, and I want to look at John chapter 3 with what time we have. We're going to start in verse 25. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, by the way, that's a title of respect, like reverend, like pastor, like preacher, because we know that uh, John was the most unusual character uh, before coming before the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a very unusual character. So they're showing him respect. He that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Let me say this to you quickly. If you happen to be in the ministry of any kind or supporting the ministry of any kind and you're involved in it, you need to get that principle right there. It is not, as the Gentiles treat it, it is not about your successful if and your spiritual if. It has nothing to do with how much influence you have. Nothing. And you need to be so careful about this. It is not, that's not a, 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 a statement of apathy. It's a statement of letting God be God. He said, Ye yourselves, verse 28, bear witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. By the way, if you're the one with the increase in numbers and all those kind of things, you better get that Mark verse 27 that you had to receive it. A man can receive nothing except be given it from heaven. You received it. You didn't do it. I am wore out. The, the number one element 
today in the ministry is pride. And some of it's put on with some false humility, you know, oh, just a sinner. But then you hear them talk and it's pride and they treat each other with pride. And it's, it's an abomination to God. And the reason is it gets in the way of the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, a lost person, I'm going to tell you this about men. I don't know nothing about a lost woman or how women think or whatever. I was joking the other day and the sister said, you know, something about, you know, well, you, you, you know what, the Lord knows what I'm thinking. I said, maybe, and I was joking and they laughed. They knew I wasn't being misogynist or none of that rubbish. But I know as far as men go, lost men see through stuff that you people don't see through sometimes as Christians. They see right through the pride. They look at it and go, that's pride. And they see through that. And I'm telling you, there's, there's many a man that's struggling with coming to Christ while he's trying to hear the gospel from someone that's actually got a lot of pride in their heart and mind. And God's people don't recognize it because they've been taught, well, that's how people teach or preach or act when, they're, you know, when, the, when God's on them. No, that's how they act when they're full of pride. And we got to be careful of that. Man, that is, that's the devil's starting point is pride. The I, okay? So he says, I am not the Christ, verse 20, but I am sent before him. And that's what you are as a fisher of men in so many ways, as a, quote, soul winner. Verse 29, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom. And by the way, some of y'all that maybe are just totally steeped, way across the middle line of your lane and, dispensationalism, you're going to choke on all this because you can't see past what somebody said that you just, you're locked into it. You're missing the whole big picture and you're, you're stumbling over the roots of a tree. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This, my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. The verse, verse 30, for today, he must increase, but I must decrease. This is the theme of a fisher of souls. Jesus Christ must increase and you must decrease. And that is not what's being taught today. It's not what was taught with all the soul winning programs. It's not what's being taught in the ministry today, especially, especially in those who believe the Bible the most. It's not. There's so much self being preserved under the idea of being, you know, a little bit eccentric and this and that and this and that. And what's being, what's being glorified is the flesh instead of the character of Christ. And the Apostle Paul warned about it. We won't, it's not a study for today. I'm just saying. Verse 31, we've got to get to the end of it. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth, no man receiveth his testimony. He that hath received his testimony hath said to his seal that God is true. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Our whole purpose in life should not be that someone says we are something, but that between us we should know. And we should pursue that God would have, give, have, we'd have the Spirit not by measure. In other words, He'd have all of us. It's not you having the Holy Spirit. It's that the Holy Spirit has you. The Father loveth the Son, hath given all things to His hands. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. 
And he that believeth not the Son of God shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. A great witnessing verse, a great street preaching verse, etc. And I want to remind you of something. He must increase, I must decrease. You know, there's this strange thing that the longer people are saved, the more cantankerous they get. The longer they say are saved, the more smart alecky they get. That's not what the Bible says. Proverbs 4, verse 18. Today's the fourth. Pretty cool. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more under the perfect day. Our light should be shining more and more. He must increase. I must decrease. Less and less you, more and more him. Less and less advertising and justifying and promoting and more and more Jesus Christ to people as if you're not even there. Let it sink in. Amen. I pray you will over the weekend. Think about this. More and more of him, less and less of me. He must increase. I must decrease. It's not an event. It's a process. Now, it, it, it can start with an event. It can start with you today truly getting away with God and bowing your head and saying, Lord, I will have, as Oswald Chambers says, a white funeral, and I am driving the stake in the ground right here today. That's the end of me. And then you have to live it out, and it is a process, not an event. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, you know, in ministry, there's some informing, there's some talking about, but I, I warn you, more and more Him. Why? Our motive. Our motive needs to be Him not ministry. Our motive needs to be Him, not people know what we're doing so we can have, you know, support or people putting their money in the plate or let's say you're out in itinerant ministry, somebody, you know, supporting what you're doing and you say, well, they need to know what's going on. What they need to know is different than what people tell them to get them to give stuff. You say, why are you picking on that? My whole purpose is this. I would, I would love to get to heaven and find out that I helped a believer have a better judgment seat of Christ because I helped them with their motive. Their motive and their means and their measuring. If God would use my voice and what I say, etc., and my influence to help somebody with their motive and their means and their measuring, and by doing so, when God judged them in 1 Corinthians 3 of what sort their work was, they had a better judgment seat. That would be one of the great blessings of life to me. Because that would mean that I helped them with something eternal. Now we help people. Listen, we help people with time management and money management. We help them with relationships. We help them with how to get right with the Lord about things. But the biggest thing is more Him less me, more him, less you. When, when I was in so-called Bible college, early on right after I got saved, it was during, you know, and it still is what they're doing, the, the big soul winning thing. And they would have this thing amongst the students. You had to make so many visits and all that. And that was fine. They were trying to teach them to get in a habit. Okay, good. But then they started having a soul winning award or, you know, announcement every week. And this one fella Nice guy. I mean, nice guy. <clears throat> One fellow 
was like out distancing everybody every week. And somehow, I didn't do it on purpose. Somehow, somebody, uh, one of the leaders paired me with him one day to go out on a certain day. And we did. And this, like I said, he was a very nice guy. He had a severe uh, speech impediment. He had played sports, had a head injury and stuff. And he would talk real fast. And you had to really know him to understand him. But I said, like I said, a very nice guy. Good attitude, good spirit. Really, all he was doing was what they told him he should do as a Christian. And we went out that day, and he might spend a minute with somebody or two minutes. And that we come back and put in his sheet, and he led like 15 people to Christ, according to his report. And I was there. And none of those people had a chance to understand or process what he's talking about. Now, the problem wasn't with him. You say it was him. No, the problem is someone had taught him that, and he didn't know about it. He trusted them. Now, can somebody be saved in a moment? Absolutely. But they had continued to make it so much about people that then other fellas and other people, and some of the girls even, were turning in bogus reports because it elevated people and it became this competition. I, I've had bus routes before, Sunday school bus routes, which was an awesome opportunity in ministry. And then pretty soon, what I observed over the years of doing it, these guys would, they'd be so desperate to make sure they weren't in the bottom of the thing, they would cross over into someone's appointed territory, which they're just, that adds organization, and they'd be picking up their riders and counting them. And I've seen them. I've seen the most amazing spirit come out of those people. You say, well, that could never happen. It does happen. It's human nature. Let me just say this before we close for the day, for the week. Pride is never of God. But the great danger for a believer who's actively serving the Lord is recognizing Pride. Now, I didn't say it's wrong to say, tell somebody you're proud of them and all that. I still do that. So we're not, we're not trying to pick apart stuff, but let me, let me, please, this weekend, would you do this? Would you do a couple things? Number one, give some thought to all this. And for the weekend, it's more Christ, more Jesus Christ, less me in everything, in how you talk and how you describe your life and how you go about it in your motive, in your means, and in the measuring of your life. Less me, more of Him. And we'll be praying about what to do next week. I pray you'll pray about this, and I hope we'll talk to you next week. God be with you.